Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we have a great malicious compliance story of carding a cop. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, Karen wants her breakfast. I work at a hotel, I'm on the graveyard shift, and we have a continental breakfast from 6 to 9, and my shift ends at 7, so I'm in charge of setting up the breakfast. It's not a big deal, it's a smallish hotel and a small breakfast, but we do have waffles and a couple of waffle makers. Basically, guests come in, they get their batter out of a dispenser and make their waffles, so they're fresh and hot. We have two seasons where I live winter and construction season, and we get work crews that stay at the hotel on the boss's dime and then go out for whatever job they're working on. And we very frequently get this one crew of guys. They're mostly Mexican and they're great guys, they're polite and they don't leave the breakfast room a mess, but their shift starts super early in the morning. We also get hunters who are in and out before 6, so I usually have everything set up by 5.30 for them. I say usually because I'm only human. Sometimes I'm running late, it happens. But I'm never more than 5 minutes after 6. The workers and the hunters are super chill about it. They get it and don't complain about waiting a couple of extra minutes. I also feel the need to add that the foreman is amongst them, so he's eating when they are. So one day I'm running a little late. I got caught up with what I was doing and kinda lost track of time. So I was rushing to get everything set up while the guys are patiently waiting in the lobby. In enters Karen, who sees the time, sees the breakfast isn't ready, and decides to yell at me for it, saying that the sign says breakfast is from 6 to 9, and should be started exactly at 6. I tried to keep working while talking to her so I could get the breakfast ready, but she decided that was rude, so I had to stop what I was doing and stand there with her yelling at me until she ran out of breath, and I could finish setting up. Karen complains to the manager, I get a verbal warning that I have to have breakfast open by 6, as I was about 15 minutes behind because Karen was yelling at me when I would have been less than 4 if she'd let me freaking finish. Well, Karen was a stay over, and she was in the next day before 6. The manager refunded part of her stay under guest satisfaction, and I think she was hoping to find me doing something wrong so she could get another refund, but I was on my game and had everything set up by 5.30 like usual. She came in before the workers and saw me sitting at the front desk and sneered about me being lazy when I should be setting up breakfast. I told her the breakfast was already ready to go as the construction workers are entering, but I stand and walk over to block the doorway to the breakfast room and told them that I couldn't let them in because the manager said that I had to start breakfast at exactly 6 o'clock. So I couldn't let them back until then. And as I'm saying this, I'm looking directly at Karen. Slowly heads turn and Karen goes red and mutters something about coming back later and leaves. So I let the guys back. They said it was funny, and like I said, the workers have had to wait a little after 6 before with no problem, and the foreman was there. To be clear, if I thought this stunt was going to cost them their breakfast, I never would have done it, but I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. I didn't see Karen again, so either she didn't come back, or she returned after I left. But either way, I didn't hear another word from the manager about it. You want your breakfast at 6? 
you're gonna get your breakfast at 6. I mean, I know hotel stays are all about trying to provide satisfaction for the person staying, but I think OP definitely already goes above and beyond in what they do, making sure that everything's set up 30 minutes earlier than they ever even need to. I don't know if OP needs any validation, but it definitely seems like they're doing a great job to me. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is CFO changes the cycle count policy, chaos ensues. I used to work for a major food packing company. There's a good chance you have one of their products in your cupboards or fridge. This particular malicious compliance was not performed by myself. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But I had a front row seat and even felt some of the pain from the result. My job was purchasing for production, which was all of the ingredients to make the product. Another purchaser was in charge of packaging, jars mostly, along with labels and shipping boxes. Then there was the warehouse who are responsible for everything that enters or leaves the facility. These three positions are the only ones required to do cycle counts. Debian accounting isn't counting reams of paper and boxes of paper clips, which were generated by accounting and sent to us two days before they're due. We all fell under the CFO, and because we all dealt with items that generated profits or loss, we had to do weekly, monthly, and annual cycle counts. Mine were fairly easy, 6 items per week, 15 per month, and everything annually. I'm fairly sure it was similar for packaging as well. And for mine, most of my stuff was fresh ingredients. So it would already be in production, so I had nothing to count. The warehouse, on the other hand, had a much more simplified schedule, nothing weekly or monthly, 3 items per quarter, and half of the inventory annually. They would also get their inventory lists 2-3 to three weeks before the due date. This was all intentional because the amount that they had to count was insane and it would be lucky if they had two people at a time to count. One single item could take a week on its own because of the sheer volume and the fact that product was coming and going constantly. I felt bad for them. We each get a meeting invite from the CFO to discuss the cycle counts and go when the day arrives. CFO explains that they've noticed a loss trend occurring so they wanted us to increase our cycle counts. For me in packaging, everything basically doubled. Weekly and monthly doubled, we now had a semi-annual half inventory count and annually remained the same. It sucked, but was manageable. Then the warehouse was politely ordered to sit on a rusty knife. 
Still no weekly counts, but now had monthly with 5 items, quarterly doubled, added semi-annually with 10 items, and annual was bumped up to 75% of its inventory. I looked over at the warehouse guy, Ty, and he just bowed his head. The CFO is a very intelligent and nice guy, but he is all about the analytics of numbers and not the human element. The CFO said, any questions? Ty, trying to gather his thoughts, said, this is, um, a lot. CFO replies, I'm aware it is an increase, but this is the best way to get the data. We need to figure out where the losses are occurring and take action. Ty says, are you going to hire anybody else for the warehouse to help? They reply, we do not have any plans to. Ty says, can we get a scanner or something? This is going to take a significant amount of time to complete and will cause issues. The CFO said, let's go by this new plan and we will reevaluate in a few months. Ty had a defeated look and just said, okay. My next couple of counts took me a little longer, but nothing I couldn't handle. Then came the week of our first monthly with the new rules and I was missing a pretty significant amount of a couple of items and found that they should have been delivered that week, confirmed by the company I ordered from. I went to talk to Ty and found him deep in the warehouse, where he shouldn't need to be as he mostly scheduled trucking to distributors, and on a pile of product trying to count thousands of boxes before the deadline. He was sweating like crazy and after I explained my issue, he explained they were behind on incoming packages and it could be there. I told him I'd take a look and if I found them, I'll input it into the system and get him what he needs. I found what I needed and all was well. A similar thing happened the next month and I began dreading the first quarterly count. The cracks that had already shown got a lot bigger, but the CFO said to stay the course. The warehouse had accumulated a significant amount of overtime, and now outgoing shipments were being delayed. The semi-annual arrived and we nearly had to shut down the whole plant because the warehouse wasn't getting anything out. But production never slowed, so we were running out of space to store anything. They pulled almost everybody from their office to help with the count, so almost nothing else was getting done. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Me and the packaging purchaser handled all of the incoming items to help where we could, but the overtime for the warehouse tripled from the previous month. The day after the counts were due, a few people called in sick and many scheduled vacation around when they knew the annual was going to happen. A slow and painful death was preferable. Pretty much everybody in the plant was ticked off, complaining to every manager they could. Within a week, the CFO instructed the warehouse that they were going back to their previous schedule and requirements. Me and packaging kept the new rules, which, whatever, and life returned to normal. I don't know what the full damage was or how things were going forward, because I walked out one day in another malicious compliance story, but I hope the warehouse is happy. I respect the ambition, you know, the lofty goals they wanted to achieve, But at some point, with such little manpower, it's obviously just way too much to ever expect of them. 
I mean, with that mountain of work for how few people were going to be there, let alone the fact that people were dipping and dodging out of that place just to avoid having to really head-on face the failure of it, it might be reduced to some people considering quitting over trying to tackle that mountain. Our next story is, account for our time, you say. A little backstory. I used to work for the state of Texas at a public university in the IT desktop support team. Well, my boss's boss did a team meeting and said that he needs to know what we do all day because he isn't sure we're actually working. You know, we do have goof-off time if we don't have any tickets and we clear our tasks for the day. It means we're good at our job, but it meant we were stealing time to the boss's boss, I guess. So he gave us each a notebook and told us to write down the time and day we did anything and the ticket number if we had one. Well, I did exactly what he wanted for two weeks. I wrote down such mundane things as, at 2.33 p.m., entered the bathroom. At 2.34, dropped my pants and sat on the toilet. At 2.35, I started grunting. You get the picture. I accounted for basically every minute of every day until after two weeks, He said he doesn't need this anymore and to just make sure we complete our tasks and don't breach the SLA. So my question is, do you think he read this and noticed some entries like OP described here? Or do you think they got that notebook, flipped it open, realized probably every single line of multiple pages was completely filled with ridiculous mundane things and was just like, TLDR, I'm not reading that. Forget it, just make sure the work gets done. This next story is, no more overtime? Okay boss, whatever you say. Years ago, I used to work for a plastic injection company in my hometown. It wasn't a huge company, but they had two plants in my state, two in two other states, one in the UK and one in Germany. So not small either. It was a 24 hour production facility, which means the machines run 24 seven, except from December 23rd to January 2nd. I was one of two delivery drivers who moved finished product from the plant to a nearby warehouse and brought raw materials and packaging supplies back to the plant. On a good day, I'd get back four to five back and fourth trips done in a 12-hour day. On my last run back to the warehouse, I'd always go around to the floor people and make sure they had what they needed to make it through the night. Driver was the only floor position that wasn't 24 hours, so that nothing would shut down. Well, sometimes they would forget something, and after my last run, I'd have to go back. I wasn't complaining. I got an hour or two of overtime every few shifts, and everything ran fine. One day, my supervisor pulls me aside and says I need to stop taking overtime. I explain why, and he doesn't care. No more overtime. I say okay, and we go on with our day. Near the end of my next shift, I'm 15 minutes shy of being able to clock out, and I'm just finishing packing up the truck to do the next morning run, when one of the floor people come over and tell me he's forgot something. I say, sorry, no can do. I'm not allowed any more overtime to go and pick up the material. Apparently, if I didn't do it, three machines would shut down overnight. If any of you have ever worked in plastic injection, You know those machines get so hot they melt the plastic being injected? If they have no material flowing in them, they have to get shut down or they'll get too hot. It can take hours for them to cool down and they have to be started from a cold state when you go to reboot them. So if it runs out of material, production has to stop, the machines have to take about 10 to 12 hours to cool down and then heat back up. This is all very unfortunate, but I've got to follow orders, so I clock out and go home. The next morning rolls around and I'm called into the plant supervisor's office. 
He's my supervisor's supervisor's boss and is one of the owners of the entire company. He is shaking mad because just as my coworker predicted, three machines shut down overnight and were going to be out of commission until nearly 2 p.m. that afternoon. He was going to fire me on the spot but gave me a chance to explain myself. When I told him what I used to do and what my supervisor had told me to do, he let out a big sigh and told me to go back to the floor and that if I needed to take overtime to keep machines from going offline, to just do it from now on. Shortly after that, my supervisor was called into his office. Now, unfortunately, he's the son of one of the other owners, so they didn't fire him, but I never got yelled at about overtime ever again. You know, regardless of whether or not they got fired, just the fact that it was revealed that this supervisor was the son of one of the owners makes a lot of sense for the whole thing. This next story is carded a cop. Way back when I was 21, one of my three jobs was working 7pm to 1am at a 24 hour gas station slash convenience store. One of the biggest trainings that they drilled into all of the workers was to card anyone who looked younger than 40 while they were making a purchase that contained alcohol. As we were the only place open after 10pm, we would get cops in our area to stop in for either a coffee or alcohol, depending on which shift they were on or off. One night an officer came into the store, in uniform, to buy a six-pack of beer. From my observations previously, he was off-duty, I asked him for his ID. He gave me a what-the-freak look and looked down at his uniform and said, Really? My response was, Sir, I don't know who you are, since I've never been in trouble with the law. You look younger than 40 and I'm required to card anyone who looks younger than 40. He was pretty peeved about it, but let me check his ID. Once he left, I started giggling. The thing is, I've heard his name before from friends who had some run-ins with him before. I knew his reputation as being a jerk. He was previously peeved with me too while I worked there. I know that when someone is busted in our area, it was mostly due to speeding on the rural roads. By the police, they are bitter about it and will twist it to make it out as though the cop was the jerk. However, the other cop in our area would bust you, give you a warning and let you go on your way. This officer would not. I mean, honestly, cop or not, reputation or not, Opie was just kind of doing their job, right? The guy might be upset about it, but hey, just because you wear a uniform doesn't mean you're above all carding practices. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.